0: Hey everybody, really thoughtful episode today. We talk about Doodles versus CloneX versus Azuki and what the appropriate floor price level should be. We talk about free mints that have performed really well in the NFT space. And there's actually like a good amount of NFT and Web3 theory that's discussed. We had a good group of speakers. Everybody contributed in a solid way. Overall, I thought it was a great episode. uh, So I hope you enjoy it. Knock them out the box, Nick. It's Monday, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NFT Morning Show. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, each and every week, where we talk all things NFT market. This is a market and trade talk show that focuses on what projects are going up, what projects are going down, which project projects are winning, which projects are losing, and all of the stories of the NFT space. I'm your host, Mr. P.O. Nifty Nick, my co-host, is the funniest man in the business. Signal, the best writer in the business. Check out the nifty.com for the newsletter that she writes. King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Raiders. Spencer, look at that moon bird. Uh, And today we got Gene Parmesan, very funny guy, and Cryptopolis, the free mint king, already on stage so, you know, it's going to be a jam. Check out the tweet that's pinned to the top to see our NFT on OpenSea. I don't want to tell you that. I don't want to hear that. I didn't tell you to do it. It's Monday. Let's get after it. Nifty Nick, what's going on, amigo? Uh,
1: how's it going, dude? You know, the uh, well, I'd say it's great. But, you know, Ethan's so hot. But I'm feeling <laughs> pretty good. You know, I actually know I'm not feeling good. What, dude, I don't lie, Nick. In, don't, I hear he... kicks in the background. He's laughing because he saw my fantasy performance this week. And it's I like, lost I, too, bro.
2: I went up against Godzilla. and I got destroyed. <laughs>
1: dude, it's just not fun. Like, we got, we basically got suckered. We got, we got pulled into some fantasy league. I where said it was that inevitable. right away. I said it. right away. <laughs>
2: You won last week. You don't win. You don't win every week. Just like in NFTs, like you win games and you lose games. So like, if you're giving up now because you're one and one, I'm gonna co- drive up to New York. I'm gonna smack you in the face and say, "Get back down there. Get on the waiver wire, and we're gonna turn this team around." Dude, that
1: waiver wire is looking ugly. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no hope. Anyways. Bro,
2: okay, you think you can complain? I, I had Matt Ryan. Uh, as my uh, Superflex QB thrown up just a glorious 1.8 points. I still scored 148, but no one here probably cares about fantasy, but I just love Pio that uh, you're now known as Mr. Pio. I didn't know that.
1: So (laughs) he he just renamed himself. And then what did he say? Talk about the box. Nick,
0: no, I said knock him out the box. You know, it's the most deaf children's story. And, you know, his interpretation of the Slick Rick record, I just played both of them back to back. And at the end, most is just knock him out the box, most. And I was like, yo, knock him out the box, Nick. God, like, uh, I just picture you knocking people
1: out the box. I like your, your pictures of me are, are ones that I've, I never even consider. Like, like oh, 100%, whatever, whatever, dude. Whatever image is in your head is one that just doesn't feel like. I, I,
0: I see you in ways that you could never see yourself. And that's okay. why I'm the perfect business partner <laughs> okay. for you. I picture you like, you know, uh, I don't know if you've seen like the Safty brothers, the guys that directed Uncut Gems. and that. Uncut other, Joms. Yeah, Uncut Joms. Uh, like the, when you see those guys, they're wearing like parachute pants and like big gold chains and like some thick uh Thick rim glasses or what, thick frame glasses. Dude. <laughs> That's how I picture you, man. I picture you just styling on people in a <laughs> hip hop stance.
1: The parachute pants. That was like our photo shoot from last week, and uh, Easy texted me one of the images, and he's like, "Yo, those pants are fly." And I'm like, "I look like a child. Like this, I would. <laughs> I'm I'm like a, a middle aged dude ho- wearing like uh uh th- these pants that I guess." Younger people find hip, like, I just feel like an absolute fool in the the outfit. But uh, here I was, you know, I also thought, you know, don't all models kind of, well, no, models don't feel foolish, but they're wearing foolish things oftentimes. And so I was just like, you know, you got to be a pro and you just got to lean into it. You got to just rock it.
0: Yeah, I mean, so ladies and gentlemen, me and Nick had the photo shoot for our uh, merch item, our inaugural merch that we did in collaboration.
1: A punchline is a black hoodie. Okay,
0: (laughs) our inaugural merch item, a black hoodie that we did in collaboration with a reputable clothing brand. We're really excited about it. We'll be announcing all the details soon. And like, I've never seen Nick in a non-confident state. I've never been in a social situation or a life situation where Nick isn't just like oozing with confidence and like, you know, roasting people that he doesn't know and getting like, you know, basically applause from random strangers and uh, or
1: losing the potential of ever being in contact with them again.
0: Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen you definitely rub people the wrong way in person just because you're just like making a a jerky comment for the sake of getting a laugh, which obviously I appreciate. But uh, with this clothing shoot, you know, they gave us pants and I mean, my pants, like I couldn't pull these pants off. Either. They were like pretty damn big on me, but I guess they look okay in the pictures. Nick had some sick pants. Like, I I honestly am probably going to order those pants because they are pretty fly, but I could kind of see it on Nick's face that he was, it was like a moment where he wasn't supremely confident because we were taking pictures in these clothes that I think Nick views as clothes for a 20 year old.
1: Dude, it just looked, I thought it looked stupid. Like, I I would never, (laughs) I would never wear that. Imagine like, because you're too old. Well, no, it's actually because I'm older. Enough to remember when these clothes were actually hip in the 90s and and that's what uh is coming back and i mentioned it i was like yo these pants are like jinko jeans like what the <laughs> hell and and they were like yeah it's the 90s are back and i'm like no no no." but i already went through that like i'm not could you, if i was walking down the street in jinko jeans right now like the absurd ones that are like as wide leg as you possibly can get <laughs> throw a chain down to the side of my leg and like attached to my wallet. Um, People will look at me funny and not that it matters, but I'd be tripping over the jeans. Like that was like half of the jeans was like how far you had like worn off the back of the jeans because they, they were slipping under your shoes for the most part. You just had a hole in the back of it. Um, This was especially the case for, Uh, Wearing rollerblades, which is what I was doing at this time. But anyways, we don't need to get into that. (laughs) The bottom line is they look foolish.
0: Either way, it's a good thing that we don't depend on you, Nifty Nick, uh, for our fashion sense and fashion advice. We have uh, Easy Eats Bodega is full-time on-the-team partner in the business. He's obviously a fashion icon. We relied on the CEO of the
1: fashion company, right? So, Well, Maybe a fashion icon for that particular type, if you were like, yo, what are the uh, Wall Street people wearing? Oh, uh, you're all over that. You're all over that. No, that's not what I wear. But I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, like, there's various uh, areas of people that wear different clothes. So that may be something that a lot of people are unfamiliar with. Not everyone wears a hoodie every day. Uh, But if you're in New York, although it hasn't been in the summer, it's not the same. But in the winter, it's just like black jeans, black hoodie, black coat. It's just all black is basically a surefire bet every year um, if, if you're wearing something. But anyways, it just seems like, yes, that a fashion icon for those that are shopping at uh, uh, what's that like mall uh, sun, Pac-sun? Pacific Sunwear, Pacific <laughs> Sunwear. Yeah. Fashion icons, icons at Pacific Sunwear and Hot Topic. Then, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look to for some of these people.
0: Well, all I know is I'm going to trust Easy. I'm going to trust Signal, uh, who obviously, if you've ever met Signal before, is incredibly stylish. Uh, long before I trust oh, Nick. Oh, merci,
3: merci, Pio. Darling, it's New York Fashion Week. It's just finished. So if you need some inspiration, go look on the street.
1: <laughs> exactly. Didn't even think of that, Nick. Uh, I'm telling you, Signal's not wearing the outfits that we that we were getting. I'm just letting you know. Like, uh, but, but if she did, she'd be pulling them off big time. Okay, <laughs> That's you know for what?
3: Sure. You guys should check out actually G Money's uh, photo shoot he did for Nine DCC. He had Bryson it was shot by justin Avassano. and then he had like about four or five prominent web three uh influencers artists etc to do the shoot and bryson is like striking some moves so if you need inspiration you should go check out that shoot they they, they did well
1: he yeah, but- he actually looked like a model and he also yeah. wears fashionable things and then you also had i don't know that that girl but is she in like Vogue or something like that? I don't know. Some of them are professional models that, that were in there.
0: There you go. Node, you have your hand raised. I know Node, Node Mode is all black everything. Uh, is that what you're going to chime in on? Uh,
4: uh, well, I, I guess I could say that, you know, G-Money ripped off my own clothing line, which is pure black. However, <laughs> I did I did want to say, you know, the best part about your photo shoot. So Pio sent me uh, a couple video clips of it. And so, yeah nick described it perfectly accurately that it feels like they're from the 90s and then just imagine po trying to act like he's on a football team like spinning the football like holding it up like and, and it's just dude it is so funny it was great so i'm well, really i hope you share those you just revealed more you just information
0: revealed,
1: there uh, you, but node wow hey the fuck was that, that
0: node <laughs> No, like you're over here spilling the beans. You're just, you're just like, and here's what was
1: on the hoodie. <laughs> see, yeah, see, node, you don't see, you don't did understand. Did I did I
4: say what was on the hoodie? No, all I you said can, was, you can't, you PO was close. holding
1: a football. You I know? mean, that's starting to that's starting to tease out some information that we were not. <laughs> people preparing. love people love tease we, we yeah, dude,
2: king of leaks, dude. Like nodes is leaking a little.
1: That was see? a leak. Well, well PO is leaking for... it to node, so I mean, actually, PO t- should take responsibility point. for that.
0: I thought Node was trustworthy. Uh, how about this? I wasn't holding a football during the photo shoot. How's
4: that lie? Oh, <laughs> he was actually uh, was holding five the...
5: footballs.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we got Gene Parmesan, who, without a doubt, is more fashionable than me, Nick, or Kicks. So, uh, big I'd cheese. To hear, yeah, hear
7: from the big cheese on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too fashionable, but you know, I had a you know good news and bad news this weekend. Good news. I was able to connect with PO offline and I had no idea his real name was PO. I thought it was sort of like one of those things where people do like a like a you know, like a caricature name, you know, like when you're doing a TV show, you name a character, like a black character, Jamal or something.
3: But you know, it's real.
7: Um the bad news is that Eth is really really down, like it's incredibly um, you know, very, very down, which is pretty interesting, I think. Cause I think usually in crypto, I think you can kind of like, I think NFTs you often sell the news, but I feel like crypto is kind of a not sell the news space. What, what do you guys think?
1: I wow. didn't hear no bell. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the round ain't over. <laughs> um, well, we can get into the price action in, in a bit. I mean, there's, well, there, or we can right now. Well, I, was, I, didn't, pr- I didn't
7: want to pre, I know we are going to talk about fantasy well,
1: football for a little bit longer. No, no, no. We don't have to discuss (laughs) fantasy football. What happened was I was pumping on Friday, carrying the weight of the market on my back basically is what happened. And Broke his arm
2: for every dollar there.
1: Successfully pumped it for a period of time. I put down the pump and I take a rest and I go into full relaxation mode on a Friday evening. And bam, the price just capitulated. It broke through uh, the previous support level uh that i mentioned uh we have to we have to hold not holding it uh the next stop was uh what i was what was i saying Twelve forty-seven, um which is where we appear to be uh, headed with a brief relief that we're experiencing at the moment but yeah it hasn't been uh hasn't been good here's the thing that i was saying and i saw this thesis last week and i like it is bait well What's the reason for holding crypto right now? Like the the one of the there's a couple of things. One, you buy it because you're speculating because you think it's going to go way up. That's the number one uh, reason. Another reason is is you want to yield it and generate more returns than you can via other asset classes. So that that's really the opportunity cost uh, method. Okay, well if I put it in the bank, I'm making well now if you put it in a savings account, it's like two and a half percent. I thought it was higher. P.O. corrected me on that yesterday, but it's like two and a half percent.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you were saying it was we were going to be three or like, four. Yeah, I was like, no way! Like, it's well, just not there yet. I know we're trending that way, but not not that high yeah, yet.
1: So it'll get there, but um, at some point, then you're like, well, why am I holding it? And if Gemini is giving me seven percent, then why am I going to be in? And, and the bank will give me. We're not at seven percent, so it's not comparable at the moment, but. It's directionally there, and the average person is saying, like, I like in their mind, it's taking on unnecessary risk by putting in a Gemini and converting it into GUSD.
2: Yeah, I think Ben summed it up in the Discord. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you buy ETH to buy NFTs to buy JPEGs. That's why you buy ETH.
7: Well, I, I feel like people always people sometimes say, "Oh, well, you know, it's the interest rate." But most people who, like the vast majority of people who are buying crypto, they're not like, "Oh, well, you know." I could buy treasuries, but but maybe I'll buy the uh, yeah that's not big like, no one's like <laughs> no one's like oh man should I buy a T-bill?
2: A savings hey, bond. Guys, guys, you see that three year yield? It's fucking <laughs> real good.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, no one's really sitting here looking at oh man, they, they just moved the three year to two. And and a half. Let me away and the
1: go wealth. Sorry, what
0: <laughs> kicks? Dude kicks. <laughs> just just smashing <laughs> through I, that I, I that. was gonna say. I love Kix's energy, but he's like muffled and like staticky, and you just hear like half of what he's saying. But I love it. I like keep it coming. Um, but Nick, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like we're trending towards those higher interest rates for sure. What I want to know, like, look, if you're really going to take a look at where we're at right now, I'm a big believer that it's all cyclical, right? It's all dependent on the having cycle. I mean, not all, but it's like largely dependent on the having cycle. I'd love it if anybody wants to do some deep research. Like, let me know what the interest rate situation was between 2016 and 2020, and you know, kind of graph that. that. Is
1: that the deep research that is 2016? I feel like you got (laughs) to
0: graph it against the performance (laughs) of Bitcoin/slash crypto. You know what I mean? We had
1: easy money for a
7: decade, we had like zero percent interest rates for a decade, which made asset prices just spike.
1: Yeah, so yeah. for 10 years, we've had that. So you got to go back to the 80s if, if you're interested in uh, serious interest rate hikes. But you can't uh, map it
0: against crypto in the 80s. Spencer raised his hand. I feel like this is something he'd like to chime in on.
5: Yeah, so like the thing here is that the last time crypto crashed, crypto crashed independently of the stock market, right? Yeah. And so what's going on right now is a really different thing. We're just moving with the stock market. Like going into this Fed meeting, that's what all this volatility is about. And it's about two things. It's about the guidance from the Fed, and it's also about the interest rate. Currently priced in is a 75-point basis point rate hike, with um, JPOW being as hawkish as he was at Jackson Hole. Like, that's what's priced in. If he comes out significantly more hawkish, or if it's a 100 basis points hike, then that's when we go to Goblin Town. That's when $1,300 ETH is going to look like it was like a million bucks. That's like the thing that's happening right now. But it's also where the stock market's going to go to Goblin Town. Like they move together. And that's why I I agree with what Gene Parmesan was saying, which is that you can't go back and look at like the last crypto cycle, because the last crypto cycle was decoupled from public equities. But now, because all of the hedge funds and all of the family offices and all of the institutions that were trading public equities have started trading crypto, they behave exactly the same and they move the same way in macros. And so it, it, it's just like, like we will continue going to Goblin Town because we are a risk on asset and risk on assets are getting crushed right now by the hawkish Fed.
8: Wait, so you're saying I should buy I should buy Goblin Town if Jackson Powell appears on one of their Twitter Exactly.
1: Shows? Yeah, yes. if you're going to want to focus on that and maybe even go with their m- more recent project. Uh, what's the name of it? the Grumples Grumples, Grumples. Grumples. also yeah.
7: uh, Jason Powell is it, is it Jason I thought it was there
0: Jerome. Jerome Jerome Powell Jay Powell ladies oh, and gentlemen a black
7: name <laughs> oh, oh my god that's <laughs> bullish
1: kicks, kicks. dude yeah. when I see him when I see him on screen I always think there's a black guy <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's, that's, that's a, sorry that's that was, that, th- that was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life that threw me off for a second um <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, definitely looks like crypto's uh, you know, in the gutter a little bit. Um, definitely sucks. Um, but last time uh, crypto went into the absolute gutter, if you timed the Pico bottom and bought NFTs, you got a really nice return. So um, looking for that setup.
1: Yeah, except for what would have been also good is to sell the ones that you bought at the bottom there, like my Punk, for example was like basically doubled in price at one point.
2: Yeah, and yeah, if you if you can make 80 grand in one trade in 2 weeks in a bear market, I'd probably take that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably should have taken that. I was saying that me holding this thing, at some point it's going I'm going to look foolish and we're going to be like this was this
2: You're was a great trip. predictor, dude, cuz you were saying that when it was like at 150 grand when it was like or it was like worth 200 grand double what you bought. You were like, "Yeah, I could see this like full round tripping."
1: And and, go, and going lower, like I, I genuinely do believe we have not hit uh, ultimate bottom yet. Like you have to, uh, yeah, you have to be like reasonable and say, yo, like a board ape is worth one hundred twenty thousand dollars or something like that. G- great, but actually, it's not worth that much right now. But um, regardless, it's still worth you know a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. That's a lot of money, and at some point. You know, when, when the prices go down real bad, people are going to sit there and look at it and say, um, they're going to be like, you know what, I should just like at some point, it, one sale creates another sale. Like you have like a downward sort of waterfall and uh, everyone that's been holding on is, has to feel foolish for a period of time. But that's just the way speculative bubbles work. If we're not down to that bottom, then, then we haven't made it through. A speculative bubble like everyone just needs to be thinking this was dumb uh i I I shouldn't have invested yeah exactly and right now what
0: was i fucking thinking? you know what i mean like
2: and and actually that's why i'm thinking about moving completely to solana because i don't think any trader in solana has any sort of uh awareness or or caring or rather caring about macro they're just like we don't care we're just gonna keep making money trading solana nfts
1: it's it's full-blown casino like they're in the casino no matter no matter the season.
2: Yeah, I think casinos do well in recessions. I I could be wrong.
0: Yeah, I mean, look it's been crazy the gains that have still been out there in the NFT space between Digidaigaku that was like a home run bull market level win at least in ETH terms maybe not in USD terms because some of the bull market stuff in uh, USD terms really in hindsight looks absolutely crazy like the January blow off top of like Alien Friends and those really cheap uh, uh, I think uh, In Betweeners was another one maybe Quirkies I don't remember if that one pumped as hard, but we're talking about, you know, initial investment of like 120 bucks, like 0.04 ETH, or, you know, my numbers might be off 0.05 ETH. And then the things would run to like two Ethereum and people, you know, that's like six grand, seven grand, and people would be buying so many of them. So we're not seeing the quantity, but you're still seeing monster wins again, like Digidae the mystery Bowls. Uh, you had an opportunity to get in pretty cheap. Um, And obviously there's, there's other ones. Uh, Rango Rango was an absolute slam dunk. Go
1: ahead, Nick. Well, I have information here uh, going against what the original hypothesis was casinos among the hardest hit businesses during economic downturns. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Nick said. So yeah, just what I said. Exactly. Um, And the, the, a uh, gaming ETF is down 28% compared to an eight and a half percent decline for the S and uh, S P 500. That was <laughs>
0: so, down, uh, so, so casinos go down. Yes, casinos oh, go down no, no, no. at a disproportionate Th- rate.
1: This is this is this may be misleading, this article, because they're using 2019 data. That's based on the fact that COVID was there. And and I think all the casinos were smashed. I I was shorting those. That that was definitely one of the verticals that I was looking at, saying, yeah, yeah. The
2: called well. Google. How do casinos do in a recession? For a long time, casinos have been considered recession-proof since their gross gambling revenue increased by nine point four percent during the early nineteen nineties. Well, oh yeah, and then I saw the article that you saw among the hardest hit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's one way or the other. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's like kind of dependent on what kind of recession are we talking about here. You know, like are people just going to the casino, getting drunk, throwing their uh, you know, the last of their bank account around? Uh yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and uh Nick brings up a good point is like the COVID one that was crazy. Like Dana White, yeah. the president of the UFC, when they shut down Vegas, he was like, if you told me three months ago that they were going to shut down Las
1: Vegas, I would have told you that you are effing crazy. You know, go ahead, Nick. Well, I think that's the biggest, that's not indicative of a recession. So this is this this is a dumb article, but that's not surprising because it's from Benzinga, um, which just writes SEO stuff. So whatever. That's the kind of
8: great research you can get on this show, guys. We can
1: Google for you, <laughs> you on, live on air. Hey, <laughs> look, that's how this goes, okay? Maybe I have a computer in front of me. How do you get your information, Jesse? You have an, a professional economist who's, who's doing research for you and delivering that info directly? Jesse went to law
0: school. He doesn't have to answer you, Nick. Uh, Gene Parmesan has his hand raised. One more uh, little back
7: and forth before we get into the weather report. Yeah, well, I, one thing I think that's really interesting about this, you know, ETH dumping on the merge news is that I think that usually when you talk to, like, a lot of crypto, a lot of NFTs is like sell the news. But I think in, in the past, crypto has very much been like, you. when people say something's bullish, it tends to be bullish. Like, even if you go all the way back to the beginning, like, like no one would shut up about Bitcoin. Like, people who own Bitcoin, when, when it was a dollar, they would tell you, this is going to be the next big thing. This is going to be, you know, a thousand bucks. This is, this is going to change the world. He'd be like, all right, yeah, whatever. And they were right. And even like last summer, ETH had this thing called EIP-1559. And if you talk to anyone who's like, you know, ETH-pilled and eth maxi, like people who listen to Bankless, like, like it's pornography or something, um, they would be like, oh, yeah, like EIP-1559, it's going to like, it's, it's going to change ETH. It's going to become super deflationary, buy, buy, buy. And then sure enough, you know, EIP-1559, was just this new kind of uh, fee mechanism for ETH last July. And then when it went live. Um, you know, ETH went from like twenty two hundred ish to like forty eight hundred, and like that—that that could have been partially macro-driven, but like usually, it seems like when people say, "Oh, this thing's going to be really bullish," at least in crypto, it tends to be like when you people who know what they're talking about, at least. And so it's interesting that this is a time when everyone was kind of like, "Oh, the merge—that this is the narrative. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be bullish, and it's it's tank." And I think it could mean two things, or or both, of, either of these things or both. One is that macro is just really you can't fight macro right now it's just crazy or it could mean that crypto is now just like every other market where like you always buy the rumor and sell the news um and then you know the other thing about crypto being or being like every other market being correlated i think the, the the silver lining and you might sound like a crazy crypto person if you say this but the silver lining of crypto dumping this hard is that it shows that we are still pretty early you know i think that like it when everyone whenever was like oh like all the institutions are in crypto now like hedge funds and you know everyone's in crypto now so it's going to be like every other market people thought oh that means they're, they're not going to be any more of these things where you fall 80 percent, you know in a in a in a few months or in a year or you fall 20 percent on no news you know these like crazy drops and the fact that there are these still these crazy drops mean that it's not like every other market which also means there can still be crazy blow off tops which you know like it's likely that like, the more violent the downswing, the more violent the subsequent upswing.
0: Yeah, what goes up? Oh, yeah, I mean, higher highs, lower lows, fireworks in between. I also love your listen to Bankless like it's pornography. I know some people that are definitely like that. Just eat maxi all the way. That's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, to, to move things along, over to the weather report. We have the very fashionable signal since we were talking about fashion this morning during New York Fashion Week signal. What's going on with the weather?
3: What's going on with the weather, boys and girls? Today, Monday, the 19th of September. So volume over the weekend came in around 10 million. We were stronger on Friday at 14 million, but we did flatten out. Let's see what's been going on. Onto the leaders, hasn't been that much change here. Uh, we have seen an uptick in mutants and moonbirds. Moonbirds are back in double digits, and we'll talk a bit about why that is in a moment. But everything else is pretty flat. Doodles up a bit, so holding there, not much change. Over the weekend, it's still apes leading the open sea ranks this morning. Uh, but number two, it's posers. This saw high volume after the project claimed to be the first PFP on proof of stake. However, Leonidas, the NFT historian, has come out saying this is incorrect and the contract was deployed 11 hours before the merge. So the floor was over 0.25 ETH, but is now pulled back to 0.1 on to Moonbirds. Moonbirds are back in double digits after Kevin Rose held a town hall in the Moonbirds Discord and he shared some alpha. Firstly, Project Highrise is going to be a marketplace where you can transact in the native token and the holders could be rewarded with the token for doing positive things. This token can then be used to buy NFTs like Chromie Squiggles on that marketplace as well as other assets. This is why we saw Moonbirds go back into double digits. On um, to free meta, well the free meta continues with chameleon or kumeleon. This is a Japanese generative art collection made up of bears with lots of color and designs. It's very, actually very, very cool. This one did well uh, straight from the start. The secondary was super hot. They did over 400 ETH in uh, volume and it's still managing to hold a 0.5 floor. Excellent considering the current markets. And lastly, over to one of the best looking PFPs, Azuki. They are back in the headlines after a pump on the weekend. Dingaling came in, swept 13 Azukis. That floor went straight up over 11 ETH. And there is an expected announcement happening on Friday. Beans and Bobu the Farmer also enjoyed a rally. And now Azuki is sitting just under 10 ETH. On to crypto, we've spoken about crypto, it's just down, down, down. Uh, Bitcoin is at a three month low, ETH is at a two month low and we've talked about investors expecting more volatility uh, as, the, as we have the upcoming interest rate hike. So overall, we're halfway into the month. The highest Z volume has been 15 million so far. And while we're seeing X2, Y2, Gem and Sudo pick up some of the slack, it's clear we're still about 40% of the numbers we saw in August. Liquidity is there, we're seeing it on the sidelines for old and new projects. We keep seeing repeat examples, cool saw volume, azuki seeing volume, uh, chameleon seeing volume. But if you ask kicks in these markets, he's still going to move your feet and keep shopping. So the 24 hour forecast given current volume in crypto is looking like heavy rain with a chance of thunder. Back to you guys
0: absolutely fantastic weather report as usual Signal just some other updates from the Nifty Daily Digest which is the daily newsletter that Signal publishes Monday through Friday if you're interested in subscribing go to the nifty.com and pop your email indra- address in there uh, first story Yuga Labs welcome their first chief gaming officer Spencer Tucker aka Everyday Zucchini gotta love Web3 the team has grown from 10 employees in January to 70 plus and has plans to exceed 100 full-time employees by the end of the year sounds like a unicorn startup to me with a whole lot of funding uh really leaning into the gaming platform exciting stuff yuga labs nice kicks dropped exclusive images of artifacts nike sneaker leaked images hint at a nike mag inspired colorway with the addition of the Swoosh's signature electronic lacing technology ADAPT. So some pretty cool stuff happening in the sneaker world. We'll see how the traditional sneaker collectors value some of this artifact Nike-exclusive action that we're seeing between the Murakami stuff and some of this stuff. The founder of D-Gods and Utes, Frank, friend of the show, returned to Twitter after an eight day hiatus, and wrote an article in which he interviews himself. It's titled Bozo, a QA on D Gods, Utes, and Dust Labs. I ask myself all of the questions umfers want answers to so that's got to be a juicy read we'll ask easy if he's if he's had a chance to take a look at that and last but not least fidenza creator tyler hobbs and artist dandelion whist gave collectors early access to the qql algorithm the artists are distributing 999 mint passes Every Mint Pass gives the right to curate one output from the QQL algorithm and immortalize it as one of the 999 NFTs. As we all know, Fidenza is, I believe, the most valuable art block, if not one of the most valuable. But I do believe it is the most valuable art block, uh, and that is Tyler Hobbs's creation, so you have to think anybody that gets their hands on these 999 NFTs is going to have a monster monster win if the market treats the next Tyler Hobbs piece in a similar way to Fidenza. So that's it from your Nifty Daily Digest. Easy. Uh, what do you make of Frank's article? Is are you thinking that uh, you know we're going to see a big a big return here uh, from Dust Labs, Utes, and D Gods?
9: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was well written, um, just kind of a lot of like breaking down where they've been, what, what the journey's kind of been like for them and where things went wrong and how they're pivoting, etc. Uh, it was really well written. We also, Frank reached out last night and I co-hosted a space with him where he just kind of fielded AMA style questions for like an hour and a half. Um, so he, he really got ahead of it all. So it seems like we still don't have a, a direct date for when Ute's reveal. Um, they're still holding 130 soul floor, so they're still doing all right. But all in all, he is back. So, I mean, I think that's good for the project. He answered a ton of things around what they plan to do with Dust Labs and kind of like just get ahead of some of the FUD that's been going around. People are saying it's like a soft rug now and they're vanishing and they took all this money out of the ecosystem. So it was just good to finally have like a voice kind of respond to those questions and just be back in the space.
0: I mean, anyone that says it's a rug doesn't understand how I think business works. They just announced their big funding round. Uh, unless you want to get sued for defrauding investors, you can't just stop
1: working. Uh, one thing, Frank. Actually, he, he <laughs> could on D Gods, that, that, and, mm, and he wouldn't be defrauding right. investors. Because so, it's yeah.
0: Dust Labs. But I doubt that he wants to do that at 23 years old. Uh, Probably what not. A- His communication easy, like one thing you can't say about about Frank and the D-Gods team is that they're not willing to sit there and field questions and sit there and,
9: you know, communicate, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, and they just handle themselves very, very well. Um, There was also a situation yesterday where it looks like someone's IP squatting on the Utes IP for clothing. So somebody got a hold of that uh, trademark. So there was uh, some questions around that too. It was just a, it was a good conversation to be honest and the article is really well done I uh, definitely recommend reading it if you're interested in solana NFTs.
0: nice well look azuki is another big story uh i see some people tweeting about azuki being back that dingling suite is a huge huge indicator i mean are we thinking that they're going to announce a funding round and announce the expulsion of uh zagabon from the from the organization spencer you have your hand raised what's going on
5: I mean I'm not so I I just wanted to like push back a little bit that a Dingling sweep like I don't know how bullish that is cuz my issue with Azuki has always been that it's the only project where unique holders goes down as floor price goes up meaning that a small number of people are sweeping a lot of them very regularly and Dingling is one of the people who just like is a huge whale in the project so like I don't know if you, you could interpret this as like okay Dingling being a huge whale probably has some sort of information and that's why he's sweeping but also like there's such a high concentration of azuki in the top holders and it's not true of beans it's just true of azuki and that's always given me a lot of hesitation to buy into it because those large large holders will dump at some point on news and i think it's just it's just be careful that it's not a moment of like you are the exit liquidity whenever there is news because the price is higher than I feel like it maybe should be because there's just certain people who will buy huge numbers of them to keep the price high.
0: Mm, good take. Uh, no, do you have any thoughts on this? You were a former holder of Azuki, a, a longtime Azuki bull. I don't know what your current position is on the collection. Would love to hear what you think of this.
4: Yeah, do not own one. But I, w- I really wanted to get one when they were sub seven. And I almost did. I have, uh, you know, some friends that are very bullish on it. And I, I don't know, I'm still I'm still bullish on the community. I think it's funny about three and about a month or two ago, I put out a, a tweet saying, hey, which one of these projects is going to be, you know, uh, is going to fade to zero over the next little while. And everybody voted Azuki, and now Azuki is the one that's worth the most. So go figure on on the wisdom of the crowds. There, uh, I do. I think there is supposed to be some announcement on the twenty third or something this this month. So I think I, I I'm kind of with Spencer. I wouldn't I wouldn't buy right now per se. I think you know they just pumped over three ETH in a very short period of time in a bear market. Uh, but I. I'm still a sucker for the project, uh, and I should have bought back when it was sub seven. I almost did, uh, and just you know, got a little bit shy.
0: Just because of the art, you like it? Just because of the art?
4: No, well, I mean the art, the art obviously. But I look as much fun as everybody gives Zagabon. Like when it comes to to Azuki itself, like the execution on everything that's been done has been phenomenal. Their event at NFT NYC was the best. You know, like they 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 put out high quality stuff, and then the community itself, uh, the fact that they stuck through. All this FUD, you know, to this point, is is pretty impressive, and the floor price is above Doodles and Clone X. Like that's that tells you something. That's I don't crazy. Know. Yeah, I don't know what that. It tells you something, and and uh, so I think I think a lot of people just like I say, when it comes to PFPs, like for me, one of the biggest uh, reasons to invest is if you want to use it as your identity, and so. I think a lot of people really identify with these and uh, like out of all the out of all those that I just mentioned, you know, I'd 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 I'd, I'd, I'd rather own an Azuki for my for my PFP than than a, than a Doodle or a Clonex. Um, and and so, yeah, I I think I think the projects uh, I hope it continues to succeed. But I, I think a lot of people just really identify with the art and, and it and just kind of the overall vibe.
0: My personal opinion, before I throw to Nick, I would take a doodle over an a 100 times out of 100, but uh, I guess I could see why you'd make the case for Azuki over a uh, Clonex purely for the art, uh, but that's you know that's the only reason. But from an art perspective, I'd take a doodle over a, a, an a 100 times out of 100. The doodles artwork is elite. Uh, Nifty Nick, you just raised your hand, something to
1: add, and then we'll throw to Micah G. Well, just the doodles came back off of their, uh, it was a pump, then a dump, and now we're back to pump, uh, so they're at 8.8, which is uh, definitely interesting um, to observe. That uh, they're uh, yeah, they're they're not at the bottom anymore. There seem there appears to be life in the doodles. <laughs> oh, so it felt like there was no action there, but here we are. You know, so shout out to everyone who's been hating on them. Y'all are some suckers, and that's disrespectful. The things that you were saying coming out to, out your mouth. <laughs> okay, so stop stop fading them. They're the greatest, like I've been saying all along. Thank you,
0: <laughs> Micah G. You have your hand raised.
1: Yeah, I uh, I
10: saw something. I think this weekend a picture came out of artifacts uh, like shoes, like physical shoes, and I thought they looked horrible. So like just to which start ones? With that, uh, like those white ones. I mean, they look like something that Steve Carell in, like forty old version would yeah. wear. Yeah. Um. So I I think that's like extra. Uh, bearish but then uh, P- I know you and I had done a a like uh uh show on physicals and just showing the difference between azuki so not only is the PFP better but like when they dropped their physicals it was free and i think we've started to see with Nike so like this is kind of just me fudding clone x a little bit but it looks like Nike is kind of using this P- this uh, NFT as a chance to just sort of like extract more money from holders right they use the fact that people are are already heavily invested to sell them more things um and i think that's the dangerous thing with these projects is like which ones are doing that versus which ones are just giving the stuff away to their holders because they're already super invested in the project so yeah i I think the thing with zagabond is problematic but just if you hold those two up against each other i'm a little worried that nike is using this space as a way to extract more money uh, rather than deliver value to holders and azuki seems to be doing it correctly
0: It's a fair take. I mean, a lot of the Web 2 companies, they're just like, yeah, we sold you an NFT. Like, that's what we did. I mean, when you look at the performance of, like, Nickelodeon, for example, they just come out, they drop these NFTs, they pump because it's Nickelodeon for, like, 48 hours. And now I think they're at or near zero already, and it's unclear what the next step is. I wouldn't be surprised if the next step is more NFTs. Nick, go ahead.
9: The
1: the the shoes, they do look weird, but you have to – you have to have seen Nike's Back to the Future shoes that they did. And those didn't, I don't know if those like fully released or I think it was a limited run that you could get. And those shoes were like ludicrous, right? Like there was a motor inside of it that was lacing up. Mags. Yeah. air yeah. mags. It looks like orthopedic. Yeah, that,
10: it looks that's like, like the looks Grail like the, Nike shoe. <laughs> is, yeah, they're worth a couple hundred
9: thousand dollars. Yeah.
5: They're, they're worth like 80 to 120,000, right? And it's there's two of them. There's Back to the Futures and there's the Back to the Futures re-release. And the re-release is the ones that had the Air Mags in them. And I think there's something like 280 supply of those, although I could be off on that. But so well, far as I know, that's the only other self-lacing is literally the
9: Grail Nike shoe. No, no. They do have a pair of basketball ones, the Nike Air Mag BBs, which auto-lace entirely, oh, which they? is the ones that is the Artifact collaboration.
1: They're the same pair. So, okay. So these look very similar. And so from that standpoint, um, regardless of what you think of it, like I said, it suddenly looks attractive at $120,000. <laughs> so I think that that's suddenly we're all saying, okay, I got to get this damn NFT. If that's the, if that's the situation, uh, because uh, we were, we were geniuses when we got those Murakami NFTs. Let me tell you, cause we're going to end up with some 120,000 Nike shoes. Shout out to all the haters.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, when you start saying like this iconic fashion, piece of fashion looks good versus this one looks bad, at the end of the day, it's like, no one's opinion matters. Whatever the market decides, the market decides. And half the time, those grail items are dependent on like historical significance, supply, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And you know, Easy would know way more about that than me. Signal too, um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say that I think Azuki is better than CloneX because CloneX is owned by Nike. And it seems like Azuki is now going to get onto the kind of um, the right path with venture funding to kind of provide some legitimacy and, and to potentially oust its problematic creator. Although I'm sure on the way out, he's going to have a whole bunch of money that he brings along with him. But I guess it doesn't matter if the VCs come in and it's just a big win for him. It's hard to say. Uh, Witters is on stage uh, and then I'll throw to Gene Parmesan for a little bit. But Witters, so you want to talk about ApeCoin, is that correct?
11: It is, but um, before that, um, I really wanted um, to talk about what's burning my biscuits. Um, <laughs> all, you, all you super, super smart fellas that flaunt your risk assets of JPEG monkeys and such, while I'm out here with my storytelling orcs. And I bet we're going to hold an IRL event where we weld car hoods to bulldozers and raise absolute hell. And how's that for risk assets, you bunch of pussies? <laughs>
1: Wait, what, Wait, so the hell what just
7: is, what, 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 what is that, what, what is, is happening orcs? right now?
11: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that um, that was just the DJ in play. Um, this <laughs> the Okay, well, what's, what what is it? What's
0: it called? Orc?
11: Uh, orcs. Yeah. Um, just literally but, orcs.
0: O R C S. Orcs.
11: Yeah. I think uh, kicks no.
9: ape these too.
0: Is it on yeah.
1: Solana?
11: Come on it, now.
1: what i don't know was that a bad thing was that a good thing i I
0: search orcs and only a solana thing comes up besides ether orcs and i know we're not talking about ether orcs
11: cryptopolis i think had bought them as well
0: cryptopolis what are we talking about
12: yeah it's called orcs of
11: orakion and
12: it. it it's crazy art like it looks like world of warcraft it was a free mint and then it minted out pretty quick, and then kicks. I think, bought off secondary. We thought it was going to moon like Thunder Valley because of the storytelling narrative. However, it didn't. I did listen to the Spaces. It sounds like it's a German guy, and I think he's doing it full-time, but the lore and the story is crazy. Like They have a book written. They've got these YouTube videos that and he's been posting this stuff about like dragons and like spells, and it sounds really cool. But the 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 gist of it is, it sounds like it's going to be a, a choose your own adventure kind of kind of thing where the community is involved. Um, it is a pretty good play right now. I mean, it's I think it's at .01. So if you're looking for a low entry, uh, I think they were overwhelmed by the quickness of the mint. So he's going to reach out to his team. I'm a little bit bearish because the team is not full time. Like it's, you know, and he's not really paying. They don't have a lot of money, so they're not paying these people a lot. But um, I think they work part time. But yeah, that's that's kind of it. It looks cool. The reveal is in another 24 hours, maybe.
0: All right, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, there's some volume on it, Jesse. You have something
12: to add on this one?
8: Yeah, this. I mean, I'm just here because uh, Kicks must be, uh, you know, busy making a, a killer trait to, to fudge storytelling as, as like the worst meta we've had in a while. Um, so yeah, if this book comes out for my kids for nine ninety nine, I'll I'll buy it. But uh, I'm not I'm not sure what this whole. I mean, my whole thing with storytelling is like like that's great for the very very small niche audience that you have that is really, um, you know, into unwinding. You know these these you know giant narratives like you would one of these shows like game of thrones but i'm not sure for most people i think you just want to trade in and out you're not other than 10 ktf i think th- i think those are the exceptions to the rule um so i mean the art and I, I i and i also propose that we stop using the word art for these projects and let's just call them pictures or drawings which is what we would do for a childhood <laughs> book anyway so the pictures on this because it's not art the pictures look pretty nice just like i would say for a kid's book i don't say oh yeah this is uh you know, uh, Nancy goes to school. Look at the great art on this. No, they're freaking drawings. So, yeah, I think for 10Ks, we, we replace the word art with uh, pictures. But uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, Freeman, uh, .01, why not?
1: Uh,
0: so I think saying that it's not art is a little bit Disrespectful. Yeah. I'm looking at this. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, it's a hey, little, th- rude. Thanks, thanks, lawyer. Uh, <laughs> the, lo- the lawyer on stage telling us it's not. Well, someone drew it, and there, there's actual art that exists there. So I mean, it's not like it's a drawing. It's not, it, okay. I mean, there were also some. Um, there's also a map. So I saw a map that was drawn there. It looks. It looked shockingly similar to Azerbaijan. Uh, that map, but regardless. Um, the, the, the fantasy theme is something which doesn't, here's one of the things that I think, uh, people are finding some issues with back in the, uh, I remember with the Facebook platform when it launched in 20, 2007, um, when they launched the, uh, the platform, a lot of people built games and there was this whole wave of social gaming that, that came out. And a lot of the people that built it, similar to what we're seeing now with NFTs, was like uh, BBS-related games. And so you had things like uh, Dope Wars-style games. You had um, really just like uh, choose-your-own-adventure-style games. And in that world, then people can sometimes have narrative there. But it just seems, by and large, I feel like NFT speculators just don't give a shit right? Like the, the biggest thing is you just want something that's never going to materialize. And instead we can just like speculate on it. Like we're not, not actually, we went to a photo shoot and we're not actually going to release our hoodie. Like, because that would be (laughs) dumb if we actually release our hoodie, that would be stupid. And then people would say, crap, they've delivered upon something. So really what we're doing is just actually coming up with new and different promises. And we're going to keep that going for a few years. Then I'm thinking in like year three, We start to actually deliver something and you guys are going to say, holy shit, they didn't disappear. They're still here. I should have been holding this NFT all along. Like, we just want to make you feel like fools, but we're just going to wait. You know we're gonna we're gonna keep pumping something, then just not release it. Really excited about that.
0: There you have it. I think the real problem, obviously, Nick, uh, his statement there was a little bit tongue in cheek. I think the real problem is that no one's actually taking story and really running with it for the long, like the long term. Saying some of these words myself just triggers me saying like long term and stuff like that because they just get so overplayed. But besides 10kTF. You're not actually seeing story execution by legitimate, you know, Web3 businesses that you can expect to still be here even a year from now. Like, I mean, dead dead serious. I'm not trying to disrespect the orcs for Iraqian or whatever it is, orcs of Iraqian. Um, I'm not trying to disrespect them, but I'm looking at this website and I just don't really believe that this is going to still be something that's getting actively worked on by this group of people one year from now. And that's the actual problem, is that all everybody wants is like, hey, let's go and make something and generate you know, six figures each of us in the next that's, like two months that, because we don't have another way to generate six figures in the next two months. So the only way we're going to generate six figures in the next two months And then they're like, cool, we generated six figures in the the last two months. Not really worth doing anything else. We can't really milk this anymore. Do we start another one? Is that what we should do? Should we start another one? That's why when I talk about like venture funding and stuff, uh, it's so important to me. Not saying that venture projects are all going to succeed. In fact, 90 plus percent of them will fail, but I'd rather fail with someone that's actually giving it a legit uh, like attempt and is going to try for at least a couple of years versus someone that's trying to make six figures in the next two months. Signal, you raise your hand, and then I got to throw to Gene P because he's been patiently waiting.
3: Oh, I was going to say, actually, throw to Witters because she was going to talk about Apecoin. Uh, that was her second thing, and then I'll hop afterwards sure winners
11: yeah um so i'm here for the sig alpha um she called stacking ape um ape coin a long time ago and so i was dollar cost averaging scooping a little here and there and uh there was a really big pump i guess from like speculation on staking and all of that shenanigans so all you boys that faded her, um, you can sit down because I've got ball hitches that slap harder than you.
3: <laughs>
8: eight, I mean, eight over the past 30 days is basically even with ETH down 20%, which I was shocked because I thought there was there, there was an unlock. But then when I looked into the details, it was only 3%. So there wasn't a big dump. But yeah, I know Elizabeth, Lou Gunacarta has been in there thinking about the time between the unlock and staking being maybe a decent time. I'm I'm still hesitant. I'm probably just going to LP eight, but I'm not. I just bought a little bit yesterday, but uh, I'm, I'm in on the on the sig.
0: Yeah, me, know. Nick, and Kix bought uh, Apecoin at like fifteen bucks, uh, like two months ago. <laughs> so we got some. Well, the,
1: that was because Elon was was ta- was buying Yuga Labs, according to us, based on the uh, the internet research that we were doing live on air. Tinfoil hat research. So, some, sometimes it works. I mean, we got that with 10k uh, TF, and 10k TF ended up being a good trade. um But yeah, we. I'm I'm looking back. Yeah, this. Uh, if you look at the daily, we were buying around. I think the the dump that happened down to 14, and then it pumped all the way up to like 17 or something, and then promptly dumped. Like th- this was like a one day pump, and we were like, we are genius. Elon is buying Yuga Labs. We were fucking spot on here. And it just collapsed. (laughs) Like, literally, the price collapsed. I think I sold anything that I'd gotten, like, on a significant level by that point in time. Um, But, yeah, that was uh, was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I probably still have it. Uh, Signal, you have your hand raised. What's going on?
3: Yeah, so on Friday I mentioned uh, I have a play. Uh, I know some of you already know what it is, but my play that I mentioned on Friday is the Ferocious Paint. Um, The reason why I think this is a play, I've got three reasons. Number one, Ferocious as a person, when you hear their collectors talk about them, the first thing people say about Ferocious is what a great person they are. That is the first thing, how kind they are, how generous, just an all-round good person. Then they talk about their art. And this is different to how I see other artists are talked about in this space. A lot of artists are talked about the technical work is brilliant. They're very innovative. And then they might not even mention the character of the person. And the reason why I bring that up is because this is a signal to me that people want to support the person as well as support the art. While the inverse is do you really like this person's art, and that is the only reason I'm buying? I think those are two different things. Um, one should look at in the analysis of whether a collection or art will do well is do people support the individual, the human behind it? And in Ferocious's case, that is 100%.
0: Secondly,
3: yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So, secondly, when I saw the Renga pump, I was just like, hmm. If people are going to do this for Renga, imagine what they would do for for Ferocious. Whether that's in a bull. Or a Bear. And the technical behind that is the, the paint was an open edition and that price has held strong. It's been at 0.35 for absolutely ages. I, th- I think it happened in April or May and that price just held 0.35. And if you look at other artists' open edition, it has cratered. So that's the second reason why I like it. And lastly, if you look at the collector base, the collector base for Ferocious is incredibly strong. It's some of the biggest whales in this space and I do not see a world in which they don't look at this collection and consider supporting them. So those are my three reasons. Uh, Ferocious's character, the fact that Renga absolutely pumped, and Renga compared to Ferocious, I'm sorry, but they are just not God tier. And look at the collector base. So oh, this no. is why I'm hot on paint for um, for, the, for the next quarter.
1: Yeah, oh, now I mean, she's fading no. Renga. Yo, not to be mean about <laughs> Renga and not to disrespect them, but uh, no. let me just say oh. Is garbage. Okay. No, I, I
0: I like Ranga's art a lot, uh, and I I said when we were talking about Renga, when at first we were like, I don't think it's gonna pump. I said like the art's really good, but like you know what? Why does that matter uh, in the NFT space? Clearly, it did. It, it mattered in this instance, uh, and yeah, when Signal Signal told me about the ferocious paint thing after she bought in on Friday, and I was like, oh. Duh! That's such a good call. Um, I've been covering Felocious since March 2021 because Ferocious, uh is an NFT or originally was a Nifty Gateway artist. Uh, yeah, Felocious is incredibly young, like 20 years old. I think at this point, probably when I first started covering him, he, he was like 19. And you know, the paint—I don't think that the paint has sort of been fully realized, and it's the highest supply in the Ferocious, uh, you know, ecosystem. So yeah, it was a no-brainer. I bought three of them immediately anonymix uh bought three after me so i thought oh anonymix is just on my ass he's just you know copy trade me and then kicks pointed out that he bought an ass load right before too and i was like oh, okay it had literally nothing to do with me but it's uh, also
1: transferable now. to pfps according to tenacious to so you can convert this is uh Ferocious's pfp project so you can convert it into that is what how supposedly this is going to work that's I don't get the
8: record illegal. comparison, but I like the idea of you really like the artist and therefore you kind of stick with the work. That seems to be Web 3 as an extension of of the Web 2 sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what will call it, influencer model. But there is definitely this like you build your core fans and they're really there for you. And that seems to be something that, you know, is... Sticky, maybe, in a way that people should take note of. You know, people seem to like Justin Aversano. People like Tyler Hobbs. Um, and I think that maybe means more than the, the, the art, because, again, we're not talking about traditional art collectors here as much as we want to call it art. I like the, you know, the Renga drawings, too. But, um, you know, these are not traditional art collectors. We're talking about, like, crypto-rich people or people that just got into NFTs. They're, they're trying to flip, whatever. And so the narrative of the artist, that that's something to, I think, that's interesting and worth, you know, continuing to monitor.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, Ferocious has done a Christie's auction, like a full on, you know, hello, I'm Victor Ferocious, and this is my life uh, auction. And it was 2.16 million uh, the, total, sa- total sale. So the only problem good.
8: is oddly, he's not, he's so young. He's not going to die for a while. Well, you know, you're bullish PO on, on, on the artist dying so that, that, that the art, that the price can go up. But other than
7: that, I think we're good.
0: Ha ha ha! Uh, so, Jean Parmesan's been patiently waiting. What's going
7: on, Mister Cheese? Well, just a couple quick things. I know someone said, you know, the Azuki ownership, you know, that it's it's a it's a smaller ownership base or the unique ownership. But I feel like, you know, that, that obviously that can kind of work both ways, right? Because whales are incentivized to defend the floor, and also, you know, they're not gonna, for the most part, like just unload at once because you know it makes more sense to sell kind of gradually. And it's almost like the supply is. It's almost like restricting the supply because, you know, a lot of whales just aren't going to, you know, are, are holding for the long term. And then, you know, I think that, you know, Zuki's up. But if you look at, you know, USD terms, I think we're going to have to really start looking at things in terms of USD uh, more now. Like I remember, you know, one of my, my NFT genesis was I was in L.A. in like December and a, a random, just a super random guy, this magical white man, uh, young guy was like, hey, buy this thing called Doodles. Like it's going to be it's going to be the next. big this is, you know, it was it, the floors at 2 ETH. And I was like, you know, I was like, okay. I mean, that was like back when 2Eth was 8K. And I was like, I guess I could, you know, I got some money in DeFi. I could just, you know, move it around. But I just never got around to it because I was just moving around all weekend. And then, you know, the two weeks later, the floor is 4Eth. And then it was 8, you know, then, you know, I was like, wow, that would have been, you know, a 5X. And now I'm looking at Doodles now. And it's like, you know, the floor is like 12K USD. So that would be like a 50% return. Like it's not, you know, like assuming I didn't sell the Pico top, which is, you know, pretty difficult to do. Um. So I think we have to start thinking about things in USD terms more. And then the last thing, the, the ApeCoin staking, if you don't know where the interest is coming from, it's coming from you. Real staking is something where, like, like if I stake, if I'm an ETH validator, I stake ETH, and I'm getting paid, the, I'm securing the network, I'm getting paid fees. So people are paying fees to use the network, and I'm getting paid that. I, I don't really, like, this ApeCoin staking thing, it seems like you're just inflating away the value of your Apecoin. Like they're just giving you more Apecoin for not selling your Ape. ape. That's, that, that, there's bribery and then there's staking. And that just sounds like bribery. And bribery just tends to go with the, the price of the asset just going down. Like you have more of a thing that's worth less.
0: We'll see if Mr. Cheese is right. You also have those VC unlocks that could adversely impact the price of ApeCoin. So we got BuBits.eth. I don't believe you've been on the show before. Uh, Looks like you're a crypto punk owner, if that's a a genuine punk. Uh, And you specialize in daily motivational quotes, art, and you're a blockchain developer. What is going on, Amiga?
13: Yo, GM, guys. Yeah, this is my first time here. Um, thank you for welcoming um, uh, it's it's doing great uh, I've, I just wanted to add on on the ferocious thing and and make a question about ApeCoin coin um, so yeah I just wanted to add that it's it's the the perfect example to uh, for a crypto artist these days he's young he and he he just represents the dream of, of an artist being able to um, get known and create a uh, a name around a brand around his name and that's that's uh, he, he was here like early on as you said uh b- before even um the the big big pump with nfts and that's it's really great about him and um yeah he, he's a great guy as well as signal uh said um and yeah, other than that, I would I would like to ask that if you know uh, when when the unlocking is going to be a thing and where the stake staking uh, to.
0: Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know the ApeCoin unlock schedule. I don't know if anybody on stage knows. I think that people were saying that there's one that might be coming up in the next like six months. Not sure. Uh, but that's definitely something to pay attention to if you're planning on trading ApeCoin for sure. If you're a long term investor, I don't I don't think you really care that much. Uh, our original thesis with ApeCoin was that it's basically the crypto token that is representative of the NFT space um and I you know I feel like that's like a relatively sober way to look at it at least for now. Uh, so we got c c e e m m.eth Hell of a name. I'm sure that the e- the, the ENS people would uh, let me know why that one's important. Uh, but it says that you are <laughs> NFTs. You're into NFTs and Web3. You're a creative producer, filmmaker, and a founder. You're over in Berlin,
6: Germany. What's going on? Hi, Pio. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, first of all, a great um, Berlin Blockchain Week. Uh, so there was a lot of going on in Berlin last week. It was exciting to meet a lot of people. But I was—I I kind of felt, uh, when I, I, I raised my hand to come up on stage because I felt the clones were a little bit unrepresented uh, on stage. Sure. Um, <laughs> when Mikam was, uh, was making the assumption that uh, Nike is just, you know, trying to, to make a lot of money out of the clone holders. I think, you know, looking at clones, I mean, uh, obviously the, the conversation moved on a little bit, but looking at the clones, you, you kind of have to remember that uh, all clone X holders actually received so many airdrops that were, you know, when you sold at peak, uh, the monolith alone was like at 6Eth, almost $15,000. So, you know, I think that the general um, thing that we all have to think about a lot, I guess, is what is creating value, right? And obviously, you made a few uh, remarks about that. Uh, Builders uh, bringing out a project at one point kind of are at the point where they think, okay, what do we do now? Right, they made hundred thousand dollars or maybe a million. it doesn't matter. What do, how do we move on from here? Because uh, royalties is a problem, uh, creating value is a problem. So I think you know whatever approach you have on merchandise and uh, you know adding some value on top of that, I mean, invisible Friends did that. A lot of projects have been doing this, that fellows have done that. It's okay uh, uh, from my perspective that you sell merchandise to kind of keep on building and keep on creating. But it's also important to understand um, that the strong community of a project, clones or others, um, actually, when they receive airdrops and that is creating a value, that is worth a lot to me. So I just wanted to put that on in the room uh, as a thought.
0: Sure. I mean, look, the subject that you're bringing up, one subject that I think is important to discuss is dilution of NFT ecosystems through expansion of supply, which was essentially the mid to late 2021 playbook that was uh, pioneered by Board Ape Yacht Club. But because of their demand, prestige, output, Execution, it was fully supported where now all of the Yuga Labs assets have some kind of value despite there being a massive supply. That's reflective of their backing, you know, A16Z among others investing in them. It's uh, Gaio Siri being involved and the uh, work ethic and output and execution of the founders, right? But it doesn't work the same way when all of those factors aren't in place. And we've seen that with countless other projects that I don't have to name, uh, you know, specifically. However, with clone X, the cool thing is a lot of those airdrops result in physical limited edition clothes and other, you know, physical wearables. I mean, Spencer just came back on stage and I'd love to hear from him, hear his take on it. But just like, you know, the Murakami sneakers, for example, that we all bought, I don't care what happens to that NFT because I'm like, all right, cool. Well, anyway, you spin it, I'm getting those Murakami sneakers. And I have to assume that those have some value because it's a real world good in a market that actually has a much longer history than NFTs. So there's actually something to be said that a lot of the airdrops on the CloneX side – Actually provides you real world value, but at the same time, you can't totally discount what Nick, what Micah said about you know Nike, you know basically just selling products in a new way, just because that's how Web two companies frame things. However, they did buy CloneX, so you got the Web three brain deep in the organization at this point. So we're going to see how all this plays out. Uh, Spencer has his hand raised. I do want to hear what he's thinking.
5: Yeah. So, uh, like. Y- There was a long period of time where you would never have met a bigger Artifact Bowl than myself. And, like, a lot of my bags are from being really early in Clone X. The the thing that I think is important, though, that I felt a little bit off on clones recently has been the switch to, like, rather than free airdrops, getting airdropped a T-shirt and then being sold a whole bunch of other stuff. And, like, I think it's really interesting to see the transition... Um, And how Nike and Artifact will continue to handle, like, are these collectors? Are they consumers? And it feels pretty clear that it looks like we're consumers at this point. That being said, I agree with P.O. And I've been selling clones to buy shoes recently. So I added a huge amount of Nike Crypto Dunks to my collection in, like, the high tens. And also the Takashi Murakami shoes. Because I think that they're relatively hedged. But my challenge with CloneX, um, and, and again, I, I, I love the team. I think they're great. I think it's awesome. But the thing that you said that was bullish has stopped. Like there hasn't been many free airdrops and they haven't in the same way supported the um, supply. Now this could all change if they have a token. Like I think that the, to me, the artifact bet right now, and they've teased it a number of times, is this like walk to earn concept. If they do a token, and this is the same with like why the other high conviction bet I have right now is proof because they've said they're doing a token. Like as we saw with ApeCoin, there's just a lot of extra liquidity in the token market. that's distinct liquidity, like unlike NFTs, where it all feels like we're just trading with the same thousand people every day. There's like a completely different set of thousand people on the coin market. And that's why ApeCoin's market cap didn't really dilute the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT market cap. And so like that is to me the play right now in the space is just look for where you could have a token specifically a token that's exchange listed day one on major exchanges and for sure Nike's token w- and artifacts would be and that's another reason again why I think like one of the most hedged bets as Pio is alluding to right now in the space is the shoes because the shoes have an independent physical value and then the NFTs have a value if there is a token but if if artifact doesn't um maybe change how they're doing these drops or give more stuff i i I struggle to see clones regaining the like prominence they once had and i'm not sure that i'm going to be aping a lot more clones until i see a serious shift again
0: Yeah, and real quick, I want to throw back to C C E E M M. (laughs) Do you got? It's actually. It's very simple. Uh, I I just want to add one thing. First (laughs) thing, you got to get a new ENS, dude, (laughs) because it's like Jesus. (laughs) And then second, and then second, um, the one part that I want to touch on that Spencer said is like betting on the shoes. Uh, whether you're framing it as a bet on Nike sneakers that are limited edition and have a built-in market the other bet with the murakami one specifically is like it's you're betting on a darling of the traditional art market and it's actually like a safer bet in my opinion to bet on that versus like any sort of like quote-unquote startup company in the nft space so we've been talking about this because the way that you get the crazy inflated valuations on assets um, is when the billionaires are like I must have that art piece because it's a uh, flex. It's a masterpiece. It's quote unquote priceless versus a startup that you can easily put a valuation on based on like their quarterly earnings or, or their balance sheet. Uh, but go ahead, C. I'm just going to call
6: you C. Um, thanks. It's actually GEM. So, so my, it's a cultural thing, I suppose. It's GEM and it's all doubled, right? It's C-E-M and it's C-C-E-E-M-M. So that's the explanation of my anus. But uh, besides that, I think why I appreciate uh, Clonix and and um, Artifact in general I guess the, the whole question comes down to, to what are we actually building, right? And looking at, at Artifact, uh, I appreciate that they're building an ecosystem. So looking at any project out there, um, we can discuss in depth uh, what, what, is, what is actually happening. I mean, you, you put out Azuki's, we can talk about Doodles, Cool Cats. All these projects are kind of trying to build a brand, but how is this going to come together? Is it storytelling? Is it, is it in one way uh, going to be some visual uh, movie-like uh, thing? Is this going to be like a, uh, a Disneyland, uh, you know, cool cats thinking about cool cats at NFT NYC? Uh, what is this, right? And, and doodle, uh, and, uh, sorry, and, um, and Clonics and Artifacts is actually quite ahead of that game. By building an ecosystem based on 3D, uh, based on AR, maybe AR, VR, whatever, and build uh, based on pop culture through sneakers. So I think this this makes me very bullish on them.
0: Yeah, look, I, I actually, I'm, I'm not even in agreement with Spencer. I would uh, err on the side of bullish with Clonex purely because of the Nike backing and the fact that they've been building since 2018. So j- I just like, uh, you know, discussing all the different angles and, and presenting kind of all sides. Cryptopolis, the Freeman King, uh, you mentioned to me that you had a few things to talk about today. What's going on, Amigo?
12: Yeah. I just wanted to report on something that crazy, you know, we were talking about casinos and gambling and, you know, I know Jesse said he doesn't like the storytelling narrative. However, I missed this project and, but it's called Thunder Valley and it was a free mint and it went up to like 0. 0.65, like in a couple of days. So that's a storytelling narrative. It was a thousand collection. I'm not saying to buy it. I'm just kind of reporting on it. I don't own any. I I totally missed it. But that's an example of gambling in the NFT space and how people can still make a lot of money.
0: Okay. And what's that one called?
12: Uh, It's called Thunder Valley Showdown at Salt Rock. And it's a thousand collection. I think the floor is 0.29. Yeah, it's like a Western storytelling narrative. So I just wanted to report on that.
0: Yeah. How'd you miss it? If it's a free mint, you're the free mint king.
12: Yeah, I mean, I looked at it, and I'm just like, this looks kind of lame. You know, to me, it was like an Azuki kind of ripoff, and I don't know. I just, you know, I I don't mint everything, and I I was just, eh, I just kind of passed on it. And, you know, of course, I wished I would have, and I thought Orcs would do the same thing, but Orcs haven't. But however, yeah, Thunder Valley, I mean, who knows where it'll go, you know, but sometimes you just got to gamble, right? But I should have known with a low supply. I mean, that looking back on it, I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer.
0: All righty. Well, the Freeman King, Mr. Freeman. Uh, we have a new speaker. We have Ma Bean. I believe you have been on the show before. You're into Web3 fitness, coffee, and downhill longboarding. Want to hear from you, and then we'll throw to a signal and node.
4: What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to check in with Nick. I'm, I'm not sure if he got the bike pump back out. But I'm looking at three green candles on the on the ETH chart right now, and I'm just thinking like I haven't heard much from Nick
1: today. Is he got the bike pump and he's just pumping it right now? Is that, that what he's doing? That's what I've been doing this entire show. So you're welcome, <laughs> everybody. Uh, it, it, my bike pump does actually control uh, the market. So yeah, that's been my uh, I've been working out during the show, and uh, that so that's what's going on. You're welcome. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I wanted to throw it to Kix because I have been I've been tagging him on a bunch of uh, EverEye posts, getting him to either fud or buy in to the PFP project that I'm repre- that I'm on right now. You know, I'm not a founder; I'm just a holder. And I know that Kix is into anime. I've just been like tagging him all the time. I'm looking for him to, uh, you know, n- nothing. nothing we-
1: Whoa! What, what the hell is that? The hell <laughs> we <laughs> just <laughs> went into the metaverse. No- Holy nothing. shit! Nothing we like more than being tagged by a random person about why I need to buy a PFP project. That they (laughs) own. Yeah, that the the person owns. Always helpful. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I'm shocked you didn't buy it, Kicks.
0: <laughs> I think uh, if Kix is inspired to talk about it, then he can talk about it. I want to throw
1: a Node who's been patiently waiting. Then we'll throw a signal. What's well, going on, Node? Well, Kicks, to just unmute it. You said oh, if Kicks wants to talk about it, and then there you go. Then shut your mouth, Kicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw you
2: tagging me in it. Uh, I have to. I have to look into it. I'm actually not into anime. I don't. I don't give a shit about anime. I don't watch any anime. I have bought anime NFTs though. I'm down to make money. You know what I mean? I'm all about that cash, but I'm not like an anime maxi, but yeah, I mean, uh, I have to look into this. I remember hearing about it way back in the day, I think when it uh, when it minted out uh, because it had a big pump. Um, But yeah, I have to look into it, too.
0: He's got to look into it. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Node, uh, you have your hand raised. What's going on?
4: Yeah, so I, I actually have a bit of a, a DGEN play, believe it or not. Uh, so first, I, d- I do need to offer a disclaimer that I, while I will not financially benefit, the company that I work for launched this. However, it is uh, ENS on Hedera. So, kicks if you're ready to get hurt again, mainstream. Uh, you can go ahead and you can start buying up H bar names. So. Uh, What happened is last week, uh, it's hashgraph.name launched the product and like well over 10,000 names have been minted so far. And it's like there's like a little it's like a little, you know, another land grab. So if you think Hedera is going anywhere, uh, that's that might be fun for you to go out and, you know, buy up some of your favorite uh, domains. But it again, it's completely dependent on if Hedera turns into anything. But there's been a lot of action over there. It was like, you know, the number one uh nfts you know project in terms of collection volume over the last little while so something to consider well easy
0: what about solana names i don't know is it sns ens i don't know what it is but the solana version of ens that's been pumping right
9: yeah the two digits have been selling for 250 soul the four digits or three digits have been selling for like i think five or six and then four digits are point something but yeah the two digits are going crazy
0: Nice. And so did you get any, exp- did you do that at all?
9: I flipped a bunch of the three digits, none of the twos.
0: Nice. I mean, w- w- there was like a long time that people could have gotten in on this, right? Even like way. You had like the six ENF or seven phone.
9: months to be honest, but like the three digits <laughs> took a while. The two digits sold out back in like August or September, to be honest, like th- last year. Oh. So those were gone forever ago. Um, it was mainly the, three digits that had time. And then the fourth mm-hmm. digit sold out like during this SNS pump, like when everyone was kind of getting into it, There's a bunch of those that were still selling.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, look, if people wanted an obvious opportunity to make a trade, like when ENS was pumping the number two blockchain Solana, you know, I have to think that that was a, you know, it's a good opportunity. If you're going to do this Hedera thing and you're going to bet on Hedera, you could just go look at what the highest last sales are on ENS and just run down the list, or just do numbers because clearly people are obsessed with numbers. I don't know. Uh, Signal, you have to hit. Whoa. Whoa, we have some Whoa. breaking
1: news. I went long in a big way on ETH just for a quick fo- trade here. Back to you, Pia.
0: <laughs> breaking news from Nick's personal investment situation. <laughs> He's bought an assload of ETH. He's trying to put the whole ETH team on his back. We'll see. Uh, Signal, you have your hand raised. What's going on?
3: Yeah, one more play for today. I bought this on the weekend, but um, the creator of Rare Pepe, Matt Furry, has a collection of 1,000 PFPs. It's minting now the allow list. They've got around, I think there's around 100 people or so that have have minted and there's more to come today and the public is tomorrow. It was a .66 mint 0.66 mint and the floor when i last looked was around 2.3 it's been bouncing around a lot it went down to like almost one ETH, then it went up to 2.5 so clearly the market's trying to uh, find the correct price amongst the suppliers it keeps coming in but i was just thinking Given the Nakamoto holders and just the rare Pepe and, and what it means in the context of crypto and NFTs, uh, I think this is a play people should look at. I can see something like this potentially doing well. Um, I don't know now, but at least in the next uh, six to 12 months. So uh, so Matt Fury and the collection is called Heads.
0: Heads. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Matt Fury, you know, very like kind of, uh important artist so to speak for crypto on the internet uh and is it heads like h-e-a-d-z or S?
3: H H E D Z.
0: Okay, cool. H-E-D-Z. Damn that's an expensive min price. Uh Matt Fury uh cleaning up. Holy shit, point sixty six.
3: Not, not only is he clearing up, but what I'm finding interesting is the price action. So you can actually I think if you want to buy on secondary, if you time it correctly, get quite a good price. And then tomorrow, there's more volume obviously coming because there'll be the raffle mint. And then if there's anything left, the public. So I think times like this where the market doesn't know how to price this, you can actually get a bargain if if if, uh, if it's something that you want.
0: Yeah, it's a supply of 1,000, you said?
3: Supply of 1,000, one of ones, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a 5,000 one of ones. And the
0: floor, when I last looked yesterday, I think this morning was 2, around 2.22. 2. Yeah, yeah. 2.22 right now. I mean, whales are big fans of Matt Fury. You see uh, the other collections that he's had a part of, you know, get those whale buyers. Nick, you unmuted something to add?
1: Oh, no. I, didn't, the, I think that was from before. I just didn't remute. Sorry. My apologies. Hey,
0: no problem, man. You don't have to remute. We got Jesse. Oh, kicks. No, I canceled. Jesse, you have your hand raised. What's going on?
8: Yeah, just really quick on this project, Kumelian, which is one of the high volume overnight. I missed yep. it throwing in bids at 0. 0.36. It's like a 0. 0.6. Uh, don't know anything about it, but these 3K seems to be like the sweet spot right now. Obviously, Digi Daigaku was 2K. Uh, 10,000 is hard. I think even Renga might have come up to a wall, even though it had a lot of momentum. It's like 8,000 with like three thousand like 2,500 holders. And I just think, you know, 3,000 might be more representative of where we are relative to where we were six months ago. Seems to be a sweet spot. But I just wanted to mention that the artist Ocas behind Kumalian um, has an open mint, not an open mint, like a thousand take, 1,000 collection on Tez for five Tez. It's um, there's 300 sold out of a thousand. It's 25% royalty. So This isn't really a flip, but uh, I just would encourage if it's not for this, like you always need an excuse, right? To start to open up the KUKAE wallet, like get your wallet, get a little bit of Tez in there and spend seven bucks on this or something else. That way it's just done. So then the next time there's, it's on FX hash, but, and we have a link in the discord, but you know, you you should, you should have a Tez wallet ready, just like you should have a, a phantom wallet or whatever, just in case something's really, you know, flying at one point you want to get in. If it's not this, something else.
0: Yeah, it looks like 2647 out of the 3,000 have been minted. Uh, The floor is 0.48 right now. Congratulations to anybody that either got in on this mint or bought in early. Looks like this is on the back of a couple of things. If I look at it, it looks like the art does look very cool and dope, Japanese style. And the website is crazy. So whoever whoever made this website knows about making websites. It's a very, very well-made website. Uh, Hard to tell if this will be like a long-term winner, but I'm not terribly surprised that it's pumped the way that it's pumped and it seems like if you have an opportunity to mint it would be a no-brainer we'll see what happens with it um yeah it looks pretty cool good good uh stuff surfacing that and surfacing that there's another collection uh yeah that's our show ladies and gentlemen we're at time Uh, check out our NFT that's pinned to the top. We do the show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern time each and every week. Uh, We love having you in the audience. If you want to be a speaker, focus on the content, come on stage. Don't bring biases. We love having new people. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for joining us.